1: there everybody it is wes and andy we are sans hank tonight as uh he has been sequestered into a work project that he could not get out of so um he sends along his regrets for not being here but we're here we are here we're a little later than we intended to be i apologize for that it wasn't much i could do but it was out of my control
2: 100 my fault today got away from
1: me. buddy i wasn't gonna throw you under the bus oh,
2: i can throw myself under. <laughs> happy to do it all right all right um
1: we covered episode 1 last night and you know what I I hopped into bed last night I rewatched episode 2 uh on my phone uh, remember yesterday in our first episode when I said I think you know she's going to come back with that backpack and save the day
2: yeah I do remember so much for that well
1: <laughs> as it's at the bottom of a mountain
2: <laughs> well there's always the possibility of the goonies ending
1: so I I when we get to it I have another I have another theory that another I want theory? to propose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to save it till we get there. Okay. But the backpack thing. Oh, probably not. It. Probably not happening. Oh, um, uh, yeah. This one's all yeah. yours tonight, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm uh, I'm out of sorts. I had a dental. That's okay. Today, so if I oh, start know I, I do apologize. <laughs> Perfect timing for it, though, right? That's
1: okay. You can say all the crazy stuff you want to, and we can just blame it on the meds.
2: <laughs> meds? <laughs> I didn't get any meds. You didn't um, get no meds. No, they just gave me some Novocaine. Right. Okay, that's fair. Um, what are your opening thoughts on this one? Um, opening thoughts on this one. Okay. Um
1: again, this kind of worked like it did with Andor. I know why they, they released the two of them together because the two of them do work together as a longer
2: they really do a
1: longer formatted uh episode, per se, I guess. Yeah. Um this one I felt um a little bit. Slower uh, in terms of action, really? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I, not that the action in this one is bad. It's just different. Um, True. We did talk privately last night about some of the things that I kind of like. Like I don't know how much stock I put into tearing off the barrel of a of a of a a droid separatist tank. That being said, it was still fun. True, still fun. I just it just kind of to me it took me out of it a little bit because like now. And again, Hank Hank hit it on the on the uh, hit the nail on the head. Um, I'm I'm using conventional thought when I think about what a tank is and why the barrel needs to be as long as it does. And I guess, sure, we're not chucking projectiles down this tank barrel, um, but really, wrecker has got himself a new cannon. He does. <laughs> but apparently, you only need the last eighteen inches of it.
2: Well, yeah. Actually, I, I do have one image tonight that might settle your thoughts on that he keeps the
1: thing he keeps he does. it absolutely and he's he does. quite he's quite admiring that
2: yeah i feel like that's becoming it's going to become a, a part, part of his, his,
1: his kit yeah. yeah 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 season one was all about explosives maybe season two is going to be all about this uh, uh new cannon.
2: things go boom yeah yeah yeah
1: um don't get me wrong episode was great um i still very much like it um I just hope it picks up a little
2: bit more as we move forward. Yeah, I think it will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, before we get too far into things, oh, sure. here, it's time for another installment of what?
1: <gasps> bad Star Wars jokes.
2: So this week's bad joke. Well, I guess this tonight's second <laughs> bad joke uh, comes to us from Men'sHealth.com. Men's Health. I'll give them a shout out because I right, found it man. there. Uh, what side of an Ewok has the most hair?
1: Oh dear. Um so, I mean, this could be really funny or really dark or or both. <laughs> I don't know. What side of an Ewok does have the most? The outside. Oh, <laughs> okay. Funny and, dark. funny and dark. Cannibal little bastards.
2: Yep. So without further ado, uh, let's dive into episode two episode two yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah uh this episode originally aired wednesday january 4th 2023 alongside episode one it's titled ruins of war and has a listed runtime of 28 minutes with credits and titles but it comes in at 24 minutes and 50 seconds without oh nice uh this one is written by gina lucida monreal and she's new to the star wars i was gonna say
1: this is a name we haven't seen before
2: no we have not seen this name before but sure She's originally from a small town outside of Milwaukee. Okay, and she has writing credits for 29 episodes of NCIS.
1: Oh, wait, so she's in good company she, with, yeah, uh, yeah, with
2: yeah, our first director there. Uh, she also has uh, three episodes of the 2010 series Brothers and Sisters. Right, right. And she was also a producer for 156 episodes of NCIS. Okay, so I mean, clearly so, these, you know there's connections there. I was
1: going to say this, this seems like a case of who, you know,
2: (laughs) I think so. But uh, in the director's chair, he's no stranger to star Wars. Nathaniel Villanova at Nathaniel Villanova is back. We get a
1: a, sort of a revolving cast of characters here when it comes to the the directors of these,
2: Mm. but the synopsis for this one, it reads the batch must decide who to trust as they plan their escape. Mm. So uh, we open right on the heels of last episode. And we're finding all these transport containers falling from the sky, plummeting back to the surface of Serrano. And this opening scene is visually reminiscent to me anyway, of the halo jump from the 2014. Oh, really? Of, yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. No, I can see that.
2: Yeah. I can just, totally just see the that. way they drop there, but uh, inside the container tech echo and Omega are still holding on, waiting for the thrusters to engage. Did you,
1: ca- sorry. Did you catch, maybe you did. They didn't drop all the containers. Did they not? They don't. In fact, later in the episode, Wilco actually says how many they dropped. Hmm. They only dropped 50 containers. Okay. So
2: based on your math. Yeah. That's not all of them.
1: That's not, not anywhere near. No, no, no. That's like what? Like a a
2: quarter. No, sorry. Third, third of the containers, I guess for that. ship. If that. Yeah. 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 But uh, after a moment, uh, the thrusters finally do engage causing their free fall to come to a halt and dropping them back all on the floor. And the container, it levels out and starts a steady controlled descent. And inside Omega gives tech an echo matter of fact, told you,
1: you know, yesterday we were talking about the, uh, the bugs and sort of, you got the, the starship trooper vibe off of them. Yeah. The, the way that the thrusters on these very much again, like the starship ship. trooper, like yeah. their
2: ships. Yeah. Yeah. Tech, he relays that, you know, other and being able to steer or control where we land, things are going well. That's a perfectly acceptable techism. Yeah. There's a lot of them (laughs) in this one, by the way.
1: I told you, know how much I love this character in season one. Yeah. I love him even more now. He is, (laughs) he is this. uh, Sorry. I should have said this in my opening thoughts. Tech proves not only is he the brains of the outfit. He is a, a a bamf. He is a bad ass in this episode um, and anybody who can uh, take out multiple troopers with a freaking broken leg mm. is a badass Oomph. in my book.
2: By all rights, you should be out and done by the time. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. No. no, no. He's like, I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Go tech. <laughs> so we cut to the exterior of uh Dooku's castle and inside we find Hunter and wrecker entering a hangar bay weapons drawn. Hunter works at a control panel and opens the hangar doors, and as they run to the edge, they peer out over the remnants of the city. And you know, Wrecker, he notes that uh all the regs have all the eggs covered. But Hunter points out one last option: down. <laughs> he then secures a grappling hook to the edge and throws it over and uh
1: because if sliding off the roof wasn't hard enough. <laughs> yeah, you
2: know, at least they're like attached to something this time. That's true. But uh Planning to use the city as uh, cover, Hunter radios Tech to see if they've made it to the escape pods yet. And uh, Wrecker he starts climbing down anyway, but Tech replies that they had to find alternative transport and they should be crashing near the upper forest regions of the planet. I did like that. And caught off guard, Hunter's like crashing, crashing. What? What do you mean? But we cut back uh, over the forest and outside. The container is coming in fast, skimming across the top of the forest. And inside, Tech Omega and Echo are bracing for impact. It comes down hard, jostling everything inside and everyone. And as it skids across the forest floor, it goes towards the edge of a cliff. The thrusters continue to bring it to a stop. And it slows, stopping just teetering on the edge of that cliff.
1: Because that's not a trope we've seen before.
2: Oh, no, not at all.
1: Bus off a bridge. Everybody get to the back.
2: That's right. Inside, Tech remarks that uh, it was smoother than some of Wrecker's attempted landings. And Hunter calls for a report, and Tech tells him we're alive, but he doesn't know where they are. And Echo cuts in, citing that the Empire will come looking for their containers and them. Hunter tells them, get out of sight and lay low, and once he and Wrecker get to the Marauder, they'll come for them. But as they walk towards the container door, their weight shifts the balance, and the container rocks forward. And Echo says, "Uh, we haven't fully landed yet. And they all rush towards the back of the pod. We still haven't landed. (laughs) But the climb gets pretty (laughs) steep, and uh, the container skids down the side of the mountain. They leap to avoid the falling crates and whatnot, and suddenly uh, the container snaps to a halt, throwing them down on top of the cargo below. Tech lands hardest, though, only to have a crate land on his leg. And then Omega and Echo, they rush to get the crate off him. And Omega asks, "Are you are you okay?" And he matter-of-factly, another techism, oh yeah, tells them that his left femur has been fractured by approximately 150 kilograms of pressure.
1: Only 150 kilos. So no, that's like uh, 400 plus uh, 100, uh, 400 plus pounds, I think.
2: Yeah, pretty 100. good to gauge that on the fly. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, they lift him up, and Echo tells him, "Wait here while he goes up and scouts it out." Sorry, that's
1: 330 pounds. Ooh. That's like me falling on him. (laughs) Okay, me and one of the dogs.
2: Ah, There you go. So Echo, he scales the vertical container and opens a door. And once outside, he looks over the edge and sees that the container is still a ways up the mountain yet. And uh, Omega radios up asking, what do you see? And gruffly, he replies, we still haven't landed. The camera moves behind Echo, just showing how far they still have to go. And the scale here is great because it really gives you an idea just how big the whole chest uh, The really
1: large is. container. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just one of, of the, yeah. the, the ones that were jettisoned. Yeah. Yeah. So like also so um, that, that forest, uh, the tops of those trees give you a pretty good idea of how far down it is. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't want to be fallen from there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but back at the castle shuttle Bay, uh, Captain Wilco, He enters and calls for a sit rep and one of the troops tells him that the containers have scattered throughout the upper forest region, but squads have been dispatched and they think it is unlikely that the thieves who infiltrated the cargo ship are still alive. But captain Wilco says, I want confirmation. And just then another trooper brings him one of the discarded grappling hooks that uh, Hunter and Wrecker used and Wilco postures that the two from the castle must be in the city now and tells the troops to redirect the topside forces, monitor all oh. comm channels, and bring in a shuttle. At the top of the cliff, Echo and Omega pull up a rope, and slowly, Tech comes into view. Omega rushes forward to pull Tech the last bit, and they kind of, I don't know, this took me out of it a little bit, because, like, she leaves a one-armed guy to pull the rope.
1: <laughs> well yeah i i would have at least i thought for sure well she does got a she does put a hand on the rope so she isn't yeah. she is helping
2: yeah she doesn't leave him completely hanging but i mean
1: relative strength uh you know from an adult man to a you know a, a teen teenage are we calling her teenage yet no oh, a yeah, tween tween girl teenager yeah sure sure
2: They get him up on top of uh, not quite as
1: superhuman as one handing a ladder with a gun in your hand.
2: (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) But Omega rushes forward to pull tech the last bit, and they both help him to his feet. And as they make their way towards the forest line, Omega peers over the cliff at the fallen cargo container. And she calls back for them to wait, citing that they can't leave without the war chest. But Echo shuts her down, saying there isn't time. We have to get away from here and find cover. And Omega, she pauses looking down, frowns, and then follows Tech and Echo into the trees. Back in the city, Hunter and Wrecker make their way through the wreckage left behind, and they take cover under a fallen wall just as two gunships glide overhead. They watch the two ships land and a squad of troops departs from the first, and Wrecker remarks, they're setting up a perimeter, but it won't stop him. And Hunter relays that they know the batch's forces are split, so they'll be monitoring comm channels. Back in the forest, Uh, tech limps along with echo and uh, omega she's at the ready with her energy bow and hunter comes across the radio with a coded message havoc Two, the fourth sun is setting plan double zero and tech replies copy that but omega she's like what is plan double zero and tech tells her that it means to go radio silent because comm channels are being monitored Mm. but from the shadows there's a figure that's watching them and omega sights this figure as he ducks behind a bush and she whispers to tech and echo we're being followed the old man crouches down trying to slip away but omega gets the drop on him and uh, endorses him to stop she questions what are you doing here and he replies i live here and my name is romar and echo says you know you could be working for the empire but romar questions me aren't you working for the empire yeah yeah. and while pointing his finger at the three tech interjects saying we don't have time to debate but echo asks where's the nearest spot to hold up and romar says it's hard to think with omega pointing her bow at me and she reluctantly lowers her weapon he goes on to tell them that there is no shelter around these parts but tech is picking up a heat signature 200 meters west of their location and he suspects that it's romar's home and he questions how you could know that but echo cuts him off saying take us there yeah And Romar, he turns and kind of murmurs that he doesn't have much of a say in the matter and leads them deeper into the forest. No, you don't. (laughs) No, We have guns. What have you got? (laughs) So uh, Romar Adele is voiced by Hector Elizondo. Hector Elizondo, yeah. 159 acting credits under his belt going all the way back to 1963. He's been around in such roles as ed alzate on the tv series last man standing right right uh, jim gordon in the lego batman movie yeah dr philip waters on chicago hope and barney thompson in pretty woman
1: i you know i love hector alizondo i you know i was trying to pin it i without go, going right to the credits i'm like who is that yeah Because i thought it was like your voice i'm like is that edward james almost who is that no no hector alizondo excellent uh, amazing actor uh, and i kind of hope kind of hope he uh, gets some more screen time in this one i
2: think he might i kind of think he might do later on that night or later on night has fallen and we see troops gathering around to land a landed gunship. and one relays to captain wilco that they have eyes on half the fallen containers but there's no sign of the thieves they did intercept a coded transmission though yeah and captain wilco posits that the second group did survive the crash He then instructs the troops to divide and search the recovery forces. Divide the search and recovery forces. Much better. Uh, 50 containers dropped, and he wants eyes on all 50. There we go. Yeah, 50 containers. Yeah, yeah. Another trooper arrives, relaying that the city perimeter is in place and secure, and Wilco instructs them to commence a radial sweep, and they'll box in these rogues. Elsewhere, a group of troopers sweep through the streets with flashlights, While above them, Wrecker and Hunter are watching through their macro binoculars. Seeing the activity below, Hunter notes that they'll have to break through their ranks and asks Wrecker how many explosives he has left on him. But Wrecker replies that uh, sadly he doesn't have anything that will do any damage, just a couple of smoke bombs. And scanning the area for options, he tells Wrecker 10 o'clock and they shift their focus and we see a couple battered tanks amongst the city rubble. And uh, Wrecker remarks, they're old Separatist tanks. So he's already got a plan coming together. Kind of like the A-Team, plans coming together. (laughs) I love it when a plan comes together. Back in the forest, though, Romar has finally led the three to his home, a square-looking bunker. And as they enter, Romar asks if he's got it straight. They're rogue clones on the run from the Empire's clones, who used to be the Republic's clones. And Tech responds with a labored, Correct, you finally got it right. As he takes a seat, <laughs> Omega asks why his home is in the middle of nowhere. And Romar says, Well, we didn't really have a choice once the Empire showed up, but yeah. we make do. Yeah, yeah, we. And Echo questions, We? But Romar is quick to point out that we is him and the other survivors that fled the destruction of the city. Omega, as she starts pulling on Echo's hand, saying, You know, now tech is safe. We can go back for the war chest. But Echo says, It's too dangerous. Troopers could already be at the crash site. And Romar listens as Omega pleads that they can't leave empty-handed. They have to complete the mission.
1: Well, I mean, they could leave empty-handed, but I mean, they would rather not.
2: She she's focused on. Yeah, yeah.
1: Good for her though. Give her a mission. Complete yeah, the mission. Yeah, yeah. Is she still? I mean, we know from the end of the the end of the episode, but she's quite motivated, and she doesn't seem to be as melancholy about it as she was, sort of stepping off the, yeah. the Havoc Marauder back in episode one. So. Good for her that she's uh, motivated. Um, Not so good that she's willing to take crazy risks.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I believe the reason why she's so motivated. Well, it does come up.
1: Yeah. 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 We'll get there. Well, I mean, we, we all heard the conversation back on the Havoc Marauder. So there's that guilt uh, factor, I think, creeping through.
2: Yeah. But uh, handing Tech and Echo some cups, Romar remarks that they're more like the other clones than they think. And he warns them that they should stay away from that cursed war chest. If he yeah, were them, yeah, yeah. But uh, Omega interjects, saying, "We need it, and it's not cursed. It's stolen." And uh, Romar asks, "Do you think Duku funded his war effort by stealing from outside worlds? No, he took from us. He's his own people. It was Duku's quest for power that caused the city to now lie in ruins.
1: So can I can I interject something here? Yeah." I think Romar is a Serenan noble. You think so? I do. I think he's a wealthy guy or he was a wealthy guy. I think that he may have had maybe some low political influence as well. And that he's a more important player to the world of Sereno than what uh, we're supposed to believe seeing him living like this in a simple bunker.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm going to touch on that again a little bit later.
2: Okay. But uh, Omega suggests that they could help the people of Serrano get it back, that there is more than enough for everybody in that container. But Romar shuts her down, saying he wants none of it. He says, let the Empire have it. The sooner they're gone, the better. And the same goes for you. But he means no offense. (laughs) And then Romar, he says uh, he has to excuse himself because there's work to be done. Touching a control panel, it opens a hatch and he climbs down a ladder in the floor. Again, Omega insists, there's still time. We could go scout the area and see if it's clear. But Omega tells her, no, your new mission is to keep an eye on the old man. And uh, she sighs and signs Roger with a salute and then follows Romar through the hatch. Back in the city, Wrecker and Hunter, uh, they make their way through the rubble towards the rusted out tanks. Both men climb into separate ones. Wrecker throws aside a uh, deactivated battle droid and Hunter punches on the controls, but there's no response. Wrecker pops back up, having no luck with his either, and they both exit the tanks and continue on through the city, but little did they know the clone squad is closing in. And Captain Wilco spots them moving through the wreckage using his macro binoculars and orders his squad close in further. Cutting back to the forest, Echo paces as uh, Omega stands at the bottom of the ladder, her arms crossed, clearly not happy with this mission, but... uh, Romar sorts through crates and odds and ends, including, uh, what could be the head of a battle droid? Um, maybe
1: certainly it looks like a droid part of some kind. Yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure. There's a couple things that he waves around. That's one of them. And there's yeah. something else that I I couldn't, it was so fast. I couldn't even make it out.
2: Yeah. I was looking for any sort of, you know, hidden treasures that might be in this little basement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, in well, the, in the back there, it kind of looks like a cycler rifle. It does
1: but, look like a cycler rifle. Maybe
2: when you zoom up further, it might just be like uh, an antenna. Oh, or something. oh, yeah,
1: yeah, sure. Like the top off, uh, like a evaporator or something. Yeah. 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 Okay.
2: But uh, as he's sorting through, he asks Omega, you know, are you just going to stand there? And she responds that she's keeping an eye on him. And oh, sure, he sure. he notes, well, that's not much fun. And then he throws her a trinket from a drawer and she asks, what is it? he tells her, look inside, which she does. And light refracts and spins around in dazzling patterns. And she asks, are there jewels inside? But Romar tells her it's only reflected glass, an optical illusion. And puzzled, she says, it's not treasure? And frustratingly, he mutters, oh, for blast sakes. And tells her, it's a toy. It makes you happy. And that is worth more than any jewel. I don't buy it. No?
1: I don't buy it. I mean, you we've held kaleidoscopes before in yeah. our life you ever seen one that big or ornate so this is what i'm getting at i i think that that really is a jewel inside and at the dramatically correct moment she will drop that kaleidoscope and it will break and it will reveal i mean we're talking like so this hope is, diamond size this is
2: the bag of marbles right here
1: right the, i'm it's a long one it might be a bit of a hail mary but that's what i'm going with
2: i can see that yeah 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 but
1: he's just downplaying it
2: yeah but you look at the thing and it's like you know it's metal it's carved
1: absolutely yeah 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 it's a fine it's not like a it's not like a pop can with a piece of plastic on the end (laughs)
2: yeah yeah (laughs) i hear you but and he's right you know it's worth more than any jewel
1: right well happiness that too um but i i suspect there's more to it yeah i suspect
2: there's more but above tech and echo they're debating about the war chest and omega climbs up to liston and tech postures that without the war chest they're no worse off than they were before but echo has a different view that Mm. the empire is growing stronger and they're not doing anything about it and clearly steamed you know he makes for the door omega asks where he's going but he bluntly replies to check for patrols i'll be back omega hangs her head and Echo's words from the last episode are still weighing on her mind Romar emerges from the basement with a metal console under his arm. And uh, he asks Tech if he can borrow a spanner that's uh, hanging on his belt for a minute. And Tech questions, what are you doing with a Model 2 data core? And Romar relays that it contains fragments of his people's history, their culture, art, music, and memories. Tech remarks, a separatist archive. Fascinating. But uh, Romar, he counters, not separatists, Serenian." We did exist before the war, you know.
1: So look at the. Th- this is another thing. Look at the size of that. We've seen devices in Star Wars far smaller mm-hmm. that hold like immeasurable amounts of data.
2: So just imagine how much is actually contained on there.
1: So I mean, sure. I mean, Joe Bob Citizen could have gotten into a museum and gotten and recovered it and taken it out, but again just one more little clue that that kind of leads me down the path of he's more than what he presents as um perhaps he is an archivist or a museum curator but i think that him having this device
2: and recognizing its worth yeah is like the history of his
1: absolutely business. it's an indication that that
2: again as i've said before he's more than what he presents as i i buy that But uh, Tech, he responds that uh, he never thought of it like that, and Romar laments that if he could only get it working. And Tech, of course, he offers to help, noting, you know, he can handle it.
1: What does he call him? He's like, uh, hey, Ace, can I see that spanner on your belt? Yeah, he
2: calls him Ace a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, over in the corner, meanwhile, Omega is looking through the kaleidoscope again and takes note of the outer door controls. She then spots a coiled cable on the floor and we can see, you know, she's got a plan going in her head too. Well, wow, Look at, you can see, she's like, yep, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's another thing throughout these first two episodes is the expressions on the face.
1: You find them to be a little more Im- emotive. I think so. Yeah, I agree with that. I
2: think so. I agree season. with that. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Back in the city though, uh, wrecker shines his light on an overturned tank and tells Hunter that's one. And no sooner does Hunter tell him, forget it, it won't run. They come under fire from a clone squad and they take cover. And Wrecker says, it won't have to, instructing Hunter, just grab the battery pack and leave it to him. They take cover and return fire, still using stun blasts. And one trooper relays that air support is on approach. Oh, yeah. And Captain Wilco instructs, send him in. Hunter throws a smoke bomb and Wrecker starts ripping parts out of the tank. And as the squad closes in, Wrecker, he's like straining. I mean, he's got his helmet on, but you can yeah, still yeah. see he's but, straining to pull this part off. Yeah, yeah. And finally, he pulls loose a cannon and Hunter tosses him the battery and he powers it up. One of the V wings swoops down and a firefight or <laughs> a V wing swoops down as the firefight continues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the cannon finally fully charges up. And as the V wing closes in, Wrecker takes aim and fires striking the wing of the fighter. It crashes into the ground and explodes in a ball of fire. And Wrecker just laughs out loud and cries out, boom, I make a pretty good tank.
1: I actually find this sequence to be kind of interesting for another reason. And I'm going to, I'm going to use the analogy. Uh, I'm going to use a transformer analogy here. Okay. In the, in the animated series, transformers animated, there's this character bulkhead and right. bulkhead would be like the wrecker of that team. He's the big muscular, Played for comedy, kind of has the dumb. I don't want to say dumb, but ha- talks with the sort of the dumb. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. But at the same time, he is like the foremost expert on space bridge technology in the unit in the universe, right in the Transformer universe. Here's Wrecker, who's played exactly the same way, uh, but yeah. he's like a heavy weapons demolition
2: expert. He just MacGyvered a.
1: Seriously, he just thing. field expediently. Um, improvised a weapon. Um, that it's pretty impressive. Mm. Took out a starship.
2: It did. Yeah, it do more damage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, before we go on though, like Hank had brought this up in the first episode, and this is yeah. where we start getting into it. Hunter is still using stun blasts. But now, record oh, is just letting right. loose with the cannon. Yes, that's right. And uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the pilot. There's no stun
1: G-way. mode on that. <laughs>
2: no, I'm pretty sure he's not walking away from that one.
1: Uh, well, that ship thundered in pretty good. Yeah, it
2: did. Yeah, yeah. Um.
1: Oh, I'll wait for it. I'll wait for it because right. we get to it.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. I love this next shot, though, because Captain Wilco, he zooms in with his binoculars only to be staring down the business end of Wrecker's new toy. Uh Uh-oh. And uh, Wilco cries out, incoming as Hunter and Wrecker begin to advance. And they rush forward, breaking through the perimeter pretty easily as uh, the last troop falls. So they're still blowing stuff up. Right. And stunning guys, but.
1: uh, Oh, we got a comment coming in from Ken over at Toy Connections. Get rid of those bots, LOL. You know, I, I hear exactly what you're saying, Ken. I can see them. Um, I have reported them. Um, what's interesting is, um, oh, there we go. So we just did. We blocked them. Okay. There we go. That should, hopefully, fingers crossed, take it, uh, take care of the problem.
2: Yeah. We weren't going to publish their comments. No, yet. exactly.
1: Well, be, <laughs> so Ken's watching on YouTube. So any comments that come through YouTube, he's going to see them, right? So, yeah. Of course, that makes just makes sense. Perfect. <sighs> growing pains when we get a little bit bigger and we can get a moderator Mm -hmm. that won't be a problem anymore
2: yeah but back at the bunker uh romar looks on as tech works away on the data core and uh without or with one last adjustment the core it lights up and tech tells romar you know your data has been restored and he looks at tech and he cries out you did it you actually did it and he gleefully grabs tech by the shoulders and as only tech could with another one of his tech is a uh, tech is well, of course I did. Of course I did. <laughs> but again, with the emotions, like the emotions on his face of like the pure. Oh, Romar. Yeah. Church. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He looks very elated.
2: Yeah. But just then the bunker door opens and echo enters.
1: And, um, uh, so just a point of note here, point of interest um, in the middle image on the top of the, the device that he's touching with his hand. Do you notice that it's the, uh, it's the Sereno sigil?
2: I was wondering if that's it
1: is. Yeah, it's it's turned on its side, but that's the same sigil that's on the stained glass window in the castle. Nice. So, I mean, again, we are looking at a very important piece of of tech that is uh, quite possibly liberated from the castle.
2: Or Uh, saved from destruction.
1: Again, Romar, who the heck are you?
2: (laughs) Someone of interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the bunker door opens, Echo enters and scans the room and asks, where's Omega. And he checks the basement, but she's nowhere to be found. And Romar notices the kaleidoscope on the floor next to his uh, next to the spot where his repelling cable used to be. Yeah, it used to be. And uh, quickly, Tech arrives at the conclusion she must have gone after the war chest. He tells Echo to go after her, and he will catch up. And as Tech limps to the door, Romar says, you won't get very far in your condition, but Tech counters that I can manage. And as the door closes behind him, Romar looks at the floor with kind of a forlorn expression. So I don't know if he was like, you know, a bit sad that he's not just charging out there with them. I don't know. But, you know, I don't at, know. To this or, point, know, Stealth has served him, right?
1: It has. Do you think there's some maybe remorse regret that, uh, you know, he let the kid get like, get out of the
2: house. Maybe. I don't know. Elsewhere. Uh, Omega, she secures the cable to a nearby tree. And as she creeps closer to the edge of the cliff, she looks down a moment before tossing the cable. She then shines her light into the open container below and satisfied with where the cable fell, she begins to climb down. Cutting to the hills, Wrecker and Hunter have made their way upwards, stopping only momentarily to dry fire with the squad of troops that's in pursuit.
1: With the big boom.
2: Yeah. Uh, Hunter says uh, the Marauder's just over the ridge, but Wrecker laments that you said that about the last two ridges.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah yeah and
2: hunter replies i been mean it this time
1: how far now papa smurf yeah not far now my little smurfs
2: but <laughs> <laughs> wrecker he fires his cannon at the cliffside causing rocks did you to
1: fall. did you catch this it's a very quick because they're chasing them down the down the valley right
2: they're almost like on an uphill incline at this point. Yeah. But
1: I mean, there's Canyon walls on both sides. Yeah. Did you notice that every shot from the cannon hits the Canyon wall? It doesn't hit a trooper. Yeah. So in this
2: area, he's just trying to slow them down or knock. Them yeah.
1: Yeah. Or, out. or, or canalize them. Yeah. And it's Hunter that's
2: getting them with the blasts. Yeah. Which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. So in this scene, yeah, they're still a hundred percent trying to save their brothers. Okay. So we're actual They'll kill, their brothers.
1: actual kill count. This episode. One.
2: No, I'm gonna say at least three. No, no,
1: right now, as of right now. Right
2: now. Oh, fair enough. One one. That pilot. Yep.
1: Okay. We'll go with one.
2: All right. Back in the forest, three troopers arrive on speeder bikes, and the lead trooper notes that scanners are picking up another container ahead before beckoning them onward. Echo, he arrives at the cliff's edge and spies the cable and leans over the edge, peering down. He sees only darkness. He holsters his blaster and shines the light down, calling out for Omega. But in the distance, the roar of the speeder bikes grows louder, causing Echo to turn just in time to see the lights approaching. But uh, they're on him in an instant, and they open fire. And as they continue to fire, he grabs the cable and begins to rappel down. But one of the shots severs the cable, and Echo falls, landing hard on the top of the container below.
1: Lucky shot, if you ask me. I know,
2: eh? But these are clone troopers.
1: From a moving vehicle? Yeah. Mind you, it's a much larger blaster.
2: It's a pretty big cable too. It is. Yeah. 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 Echo staggers to his feet and climbs inside as the troopers dismount and uh, open fire. He triggers the doors closed and seals them shut. And suddenly he's uh, lit up from a light below and Omega calls up to him unaware of the outside troopers. And proudly she shows echo the bag full of shiny stuff,
1: full of shiny stuff. Yeah. Oh, the bag,
2: (laughs) you know? (laughs) So like we were asking before, um, the bag got dropped yeah as they dropped Yep, but she's gone back for it so this is the same container that they originally boarded well so that which, that kind of puts things question, yeah where is that poor trooper or his uh, you know smoked under
1: all the so yeah the the trooper from episode one that wrecker stashed but he did not secure
2: yeah um so he's gone for a terrible there's a, terrible there's
1: a ride good chance that
2: he's been crushed i would think so which brings our kill count kill to count two. to two unfortunately sad trooper Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, admonishingly echo he asks her did you not hear the blaster fire there's troops outside and we have to go so she slings the pack on her back and begins to climb and up on the ridge the trooper radios that they found a container and one of the thieves who they have pinned down he then requests backup and the trooper on the other end responds that a gunship is inbound and they're to hold their position uh one of the speeder bike troops though he just yeah he takes off to uh set up a repeating blaster and quietly oh yeah tech approaches through the foliage so tech has made really good time
1: here comes our man with the broken leg about to f stuff up yep <laughs> i can't help it like he's he's like if I had to pick, you know, a uh, an all-star for the episode,
2: whew, yep. it's my man Tech. Yeah, he goes till he can't go no more. Fuck him up, Tech. <laughs> Which he does. Tech takes aim at the trooper assembling the repeating blaster and stuns him. The two others hear the shot and open fire as Tech limps into the forest for cover. And back in the city, Captain Wilco, he kneels beside a fallen trooper with his helmet off and another approaches him with a sitrep again, telling him that the intruders are retreating into the eastern ridge, and he instructs them to reroute air support, and they rush off. On the eastern ridge, though, Wrecker and Hunter approach the Havoc Marauder with troopers in pursuit, and Hunter fires back with stun bolts, and Wrecker's still unleashing a flurry of shots with his makeshift cannon. Every
1: time it goes off, all I can hear is,
2: (laughs) They board the ship (laughs) and uh, quickly assume the controls, and Wrecker remarks that the old bird never looked so good. Hunter radios to tech for his coordinates, but he's still under fire from the remaining two troopers. And one of them's now manning that repeating blaster. Tech takes cover behind a tree and he transmits his location as the two troopers move in, pinning him down. Uh, the troopers open fire on the Marauder as it lifts off, but they don't really do much damage. <laughs> but as soon as they do, three V-Wing fighters are right on their tail.
1: Yeah, so apparently there were more parked on that platform than what I than initially saw her, uh, i don't remember escort now i gotta go back and look at the episode but i don't remember seeing more like two took off i'm like oh there's uh four more on the ground was there six or seven because now they will get three of them there
2: well now we know that there was uh, there's hangers in the castle right so uh, that's they had that's full access. also true they, have they just, could
1: have used you know, it to park some i suppose stored yeah. some while yeah, they yeah.
2: were you know get them out of the way while they were loading cargo right 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 but uh Wrecker notes that, you know, we've got company. Well,
1: again, though, on that note, I mean, this is the first. Was it you or Hank that said, like, I think you did. Why is there no support ship in orbit?
2: Yeah. Like, Why where, is there no the Star, star Destroyer? Destroyer? With that <laughs> yeah, much stuff on, exactly. like Hank said, you know, this is early on. And that's they, true. They believe they're.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Unopposed. Unopposed. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But Not so unopposed that they didn't have to pack a bunch of starfighters around yeah, it, though.
2: Short range stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah wrecker notes that they have company and he bolts off and man's one of the cannons and he fires striking one of the V-wings which bursts into flames so our kill count goes up to at least 3. Well, we're
1: up to 3 now. Oh my well, god. Unless we're
2: there gonna... how many how many troopers you think are in a V-wing? Probably
1: just one uh one pilot I think. Okay. It's just it's a starfighter. Fair enough. Yeah.
2: Then we shift back over to the cliff and uh the two troopers continue to fire attack but one calls to stop because they're literally just chopping trees down at this point. Right, right. And uh, he makes his way around the tree, only to have his blaster knocked from his hand by tech. And yeah, yeah. the two clones struggle and tech is disarmed and they fall to the ground, each reaching for the nearest blaster. And then we cut back to the troop manning the heavy blaster and he sees blaster fire going off in the brush. I love that, that they play it from that, like from the like, opposite perspective. Yeah. You exactly. hear the
1: blaster go off, but <laughs> you don't know who
2: got it. Yeah. And not knowing who's doing the firing, he radios to CT-3278 to report back. No answer comes, and he's quickly hit with a stun bolt. And as he recoils, his hand locks on the trigger, firing more of the repeating blasts in Tech's direction. Yeah. And a second shot from Tech lands, on, lands its mark this time, and finally the trooper falls with the three troopers now down tech falls to his knees and then he basically collapses. So it
1: wasn't a cakewalk, but still, I mean, the man with the broken leg,
2: got it done. He
1: humped his way out into the bu- into the bush on a broken leg, Yep. baited in some troopers, beat them to oblivion and still came out on top.
2: Yep. And
1: now he has having a nap.
2: That's right. <laughs> but we switch over to cliffside, and the container is beginning to shift a little bit. And inside, Echo and Omega climb towards the top, but the shifting of the container causes a crate to come loose, nearly missing Omega, but it still goes close enough and causes her to lose her footing, and she falls. Mm. As she lands, her backpack full of treasure spills out, and she rushes to gather them. But in doing so, the shift causes the crate she's landed on to tilt, and it spills the gems and treasure to the bottom of the container below. And she reaches out for it, but it's no use. Echo tells her to hurry as the whole container is going to fall. But laser focused, she says, she can get it back. She has to. Again, Echo tells her, don't forget about the war chest. It's not important. And a hint of sadness in her voice, she replies, yes, it is. I heard what you said to Hunter on the Marauder. You don't have a normal life because of me. And the continue, it lurches downward again. And Echo says, listen to me, please. You have to let it go. And Omega closes her eyes and she breathes deep and she turns away from the jewels as the container jostles. Again, crates began to fall from above and they scramble upwards. And I liken this scene to the moment with Sean Connery and Harrison Ford. Oh in yeah. yeah. Last yeah. crusade where he's like, Indiana, let it go.
1: Oh, right. Like she's yeah, yeah. so
2: focused on it. She's willing yeah. to, yeah. you know, ignore the danger
1: right? again, making like crazy choices. Yeah, taking crazy risks,
2: but uh, they scramble their way up and make it to the top. And Echo uses his link to open the door. They clamor outside and leap from the container to the cliff as it topples down the cliffside. And Omega, she looks down just in time to see the container tumble into the darkness below. A long
1: way down, yeah. and it tumbles and tumbles. And we don't and hear tumbles. it land. No, <laughs> it's and almost it's like the, coy- away. the coyote on an anvil off the cliff.
2: At least you heard the coyote, though. (laughs) That tiny little puff. puff. Yep. Up on top, uh, Romar has approached, and he finds Tech down and shakes his shoulder, saying, Ace, wake up. Tech comes to and asks, what are you doing here? And he responds, I heard blaster fire and thought you might need some help. And I was right. He lifts Tech up and helps him towards the cliff, and below we see that Echo and Omega are balancing on a narrow ledge. But Tech calls out to them, and he waves. He tells him, hold on, but just as he does so, a gunship is approaching. Tech says uh, he'll take care of the ship while Romar moves for the cable. He loops around the nose of one of the speeder bikes, and the ship opens fire as Romar nears the edge of the cliff, tossing the cable down for them. He yells for Omega and Echo to grab the line, which they do, and they begin to climb. Tech lines up the repeating blaster as the ship draws near, and two more speeder bikes approach from behind. So tech he opens fire on the gunship, causing it to veer away and smash into the side of the cliff, and it falls nearly missing Omega and Echo.
1: Well, um, that's a pretty good impact. That yeah. could have been fatal.
2: I well, it's gonna fall and explode again too, right? So, <laughs> so that's
1: uh that's uh two at least two guys. Yep. Front seat, rear seat.
2: So we're up to five now, right?
1: <laughs> no stun for you.
2: <laughs> None for
0: them.
1: At this point, why are we still why are we even bothering to stun?
2: I know. Because they need numbers.
1: I guess so, yeah.
2: Yeah. But tech spins around and he opens fire on the speeder bikes and they crash forward, jarring the bike with the cable attached and causing it to slide forward. And uh the two guys that just rolled up basically go over the cliff. So uh, we're up to seven. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's way more than I thought.
2: Yeah. <laughs> way, way more than I thought this episode. But, uh, Romar, he jumps aboard the speeder and engages his controls just in time as the bike nears the edge, stopping Omega and tech from falling any further. He slams the bike in reverse and pulls the cable back up and tech limps towards the cliff and helps Omega and echo up. And, uh, another pop culture reference. I, I was picturing, uh, Eddie in Jurassic park, the lost world, where he's got the Mercedes attached to the cable Oh yeah, and he's back up trying to pull them up, Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no dinosaurs here. Yeah, to there's no anymore.
1: extra pressure to, uh oh, my
2: God, there's
1: no spinning the wheels in the mud.
2: Yeah. So they make it fine. But uh, no sooner are they on safe ground than the Marauder approaches and blasts the last V-Wing into a cliff. And Tech remarks to Romara, that is our ride. And that's eight. <laughs> yep. But if they, because we saw him doing the first one. Yep. And we saw him doing the third one.
1: Yep. Nine?
2: So we would be at nine if, they nine? The
1: th- if that's the third yeah. fighter. Yep. Yeah, okay.
2: Nine. Yep.
1: Nine it is. Let's make it an even ten.
2: <laughs> well, we, we're going to. Ooh. Uh The Marauder hovers nearby the cliff, and the ramp comes down with Wrecker at the door, waving them in. And uh before they leave, Romar, he tosses the kaleidoscope to Omega and tells her not to forget what he told her.
1: You mean the Hope Kaleidoscope? Yeah. That's what I'm calling it it's more precious than any jewel there's a freaking diamond in there that's bigger than you've ever seen
2: (laughs) kyber crystal
1: okay that's another so i considered that for a second
2: does kyber refract i can't i don't see why it wouldn't i can't lasers I
1: i can't rule that out but given the context of what they're trying to do i think it's a there's a jewel in there some sort of yeah 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 Mind you, we already had that argument over Kyber. What did Luthen told him? Don't let it go for any less than
2: 50000 yeah, Yeah. 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 And that was only for like a little shard of it. Exactly. So,
1: I mean, something the size of your like fist.
2: (laughs) Baseball-sized Kyber crystal. Right, right. But uh, Tech asks Romar, you know, what are you going to do? And he says, I'm a survivor and you guys need to go. And Tech watches as Romar retreats into the forest, just before he boards the ship and the door closes they soar upwards into the night sky and below romar watches them fly off from a covered spot letting the moonlight fall on his face i do think
1: we haven't i honestly yeah i hope we haven't seen the end of him hector elizondo is just too big of an actor to maybe they could only get him for one episode but i mean if you're if you were going to get him
2: well that's the other thing too right like the credits name fully name the character. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah. Never hear his last name outside. Well, of the it was category. the same
1: thing with Fee. True. They don't they don't say Fee's last name, but it is identified in the credits. So, the fact that we've gone through the the process of actually naming these characters that they yeah. have a real identity, a first and it's a last like a name. One-off. No, exactly. So, th- is there room for them to show up again? Sure, there is. Yeah. You you hire an actor. To, are you going to get them to do one 20 minute episode of worth of dialogue? Or are you going to like squeeze them for everything they're worth? Yes. I would hope so that you would, you know, get your money's worth.
2: Mm. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, aboard the ship. Wrecker services a new cannon. while Omega plays with the kaleidoscope and she looks over and she notices echo in the doorway. And she says, I'm sorry. We lost the war chest, but echo says we'll manage without it. As he takes a seat across from her, she looks over and she says, She wanted to make things better for them, and she knows they all gave up everything because of her. But Echo says, good thing we did, or we might be fighting for the Empire right now, or worse. We made the right choice, Omega, and I'd do it again. Omega then turns and gives Echo a smile, and we cut back over to Castle Sereno. There we find Captain Wilco walking with Vice Admiral Rampart, and he relays to him that uh, they've recovered 85% of the war chest, but he'll chase that number to perfection. And Rampart tells him that his failure to guard the transport is not why he's here. Yeah, He's here to address some inaccuracies in his mission report.
1: It's a big deal, too.
2: Yeah. And when Wilco questions what inaccuracies, Rampart tells him, you stated that the would-be thieves were the rogue clones from Experiment Unit 99. Right. And that is impossible. They perished at the fall of Topoka City. Yeah, they were declared dead. Yeah. But Wilco says, your intel is wrong, as I have visual confirmation on two of them. And he boldly states, they're alive. But Rampart, he responds, I see. If Governor Tarkin were to learn of this misstep, then he would be at risk. Right. And that cannot happen. Turning to Wilco, he tells them that uh, this is why a new report will be filed without any mention of the Bad Batch. And Rampart moves away from the edge, and Wilco firms up, and he says... I will not falsify an official report. Not living, uh, not living up to his name. Yeah. The will comply. <laughs> yeah, will I mean, not comply. Yeah. Good soldiers follow orders. Will not comply. He's not doing it, but Rampart lowly, he says he understands, but as Wilco fair turns to face him, Rampart already has his blaster drawn and coldly he says, I will. <clears throat> yeah. Wilco, he moves to strike, but Rampart shoots. And from a long view, we see, uh, Captain Wilco's body go flying over to over the, the edge, below. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rampart, he turns on his heel and uh, Do you think walks he's back a... toward his shuttle.
1: Do you think he survived?
2: It's a pretty big fall. I know, and I, there's I,
1: no and there's no water landing. There's no
2: waterfall or anything. Sure, sure. Because we get the earlier shot in the episode, yeah, of way far pulled back. Oh yeah, and it's a heck of a drop. But
1: you know, so I got I got a question for you. This. The declaration that they're dead, because he he says they were reported. So it's a, it's in an official report. Yeah, they're dead. What does that mean for Crosshair? Because who do you think filed that report? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, True. there's a very, very, very good chance that Crosshair is directly linked to this report
2: of their death. Hmm. You know what I mean? True. So, but I could also see Rampart having his signature on it, authorizing it, or something. Yeah. Because He's more concerned about it than anyone else.
1: Well, and Rampart's also another, another one of those characters that uh, he's ambitious. Yeah. He's ambitious. He's carving out a place for himself in the empire. True. So not sure what repercussions are going to befall but uh, crosshair. Uh, as we have yet to see him. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of repercussions for it. Probably like, Hey, this was your thing. Go clean it up. Yeah. Yeah
2: but they've already sent him to clean it up a few times. So are they done with that? Is he out of chances?
1: We speculated at season one. Like, is there still an opportunity as much as I firmly believe that crosshair uh, is the evil asshole that um, he wanted us to believe that he is. Yeah. Um, And he, and I doubled down on that. Like this guy, he's made a choice. He has, is there still a chance for him to flip and come back? Maybe there might be with this, with what's happening right here. Could be we got a whole season to find out mm-hmm.
2: but uh we don't snap to black this one we fade to black
1: yeah it's a fade yeah so yeah it's a different emotional kind of
2: it is you know a, weight to kind it kind of a grim like yeah the darkness yeah, yeah. Is falling
1: yeah like pull it pulling the cover down yeah pulling the shade down i guess and we end up with a
2: kill count of 10.
1: wow Way more than I initially thought. I mean, it was as a joke. It's like, oh, kill count. Huh, huh, but no, really 10, 10, dudes. Yep. Consider episode one had a kill count of um, zero. Mm. Nobody died. <laughs> that poor guy got knocked out, but
2: he hadn't perished.
1: I hope he was unconscious when it happened.
2: Yeah. You know, anyway.
1: <laughs> wow. But so that's uh, episode two.
2: That is episode two. Well,
1: we got uh, 14, 14 more episodes to go. Yep. Uh, more qu-
2: episodes over 12 a, weeks. Yeah,
1: 12 more weeks to go. We got a Mandalorian week in there that we're going to have some overlap. Um, we also, I, I put together some stuff today. I've got some, uh, or we have some short, shorter videos that are going out. If you are uh, a member of our Patreon, you'll see our latest early access videos up there right now um and i've got more uh, that i'm going to be working on here in the coming days so nice do uh do stay glued to that and uh, i don't know do you got anything else you want to talk
2: about wishing hank the best wish he was here <laughs> with yeah, us but totally uh, do life gets in the way sometimes, sometimes
1: it does and that's just kind of the way it is but
2: you know adulting what adulting sucks we made it through we made we it
0: through. all
1: right guys well that's it uh bad batch episode uh, number three uh it's just a couple days away here Wednesday, Thanks. uh depending on where you are what time of the morning i'm not like crazy enough to get up at three o'clock in the morning to watch it i mean uh, if you live on the west coast and you're able to watch it at midnight good for you um but we will be back uh, with our next installment of the fan batch uh live right here on uh, phantom power next sunday at uh, 6 p.m eastern so until then everybody for phantom power my name is wes i'm andy and we will see you on the next one
0: bye for now Hey guys, thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favourite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production.